1: Back to the Bama Online podcast. This one on a Tuesday, March the 8th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We got a lot to get into on the podcast today. We're going to talk some Alabama men's basketball, whether you want to or not. We're going to do <laughs> that. We've got some all SEC accolades to go over, and we'll sort of analyze those in relation to what this Alabama team has accomplished to date, maybe what it hasn't accomplished to this point of the season, heading into the SEC tournament down in Tampa. Of course, we'll also get into a bit of a preview of upcoming spring football practice at Alabama that gets underway in Tuscaloosa on Friday. It's a dynamic duo edition of the Bama online podcast on this Tuesday. That's right. We're going to go with Charlie Potter in the leadoff spot, and then we're going to clean things up. I don't know if we'll need to clean things up. Like literally, but we'll have Hank South talking some recruiting with us on the back end of today's pod. With that, we bring on Charlie Potter. What about it, Charlie? Were you a leadoff guy, you know, at any point maybe in your, your athletic career? Uh, were you a top of the lineup guy, middle of the lineup? Maybe you were a guy that just tried to tried to turn the lineup over to the top down there at the bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't remember where I was in the lineup because I only played two years of t-ball. I got hit in the face once. I
1: said, "I'm out." And yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, not fun. to laugh. I mean, that's pretty traumatic, dude. I mean, it's a t-baller. A t-baller getting hit in the in the face. That's yeah. that'll that'll turn you on the on the I sport. Just, I don't. I mean, you know, t-ball. You're
0: you're super young. I don't remember a ton. I do know I was in the infield, so I wasn't one of those kids in the outfield, you know, picking grass. But I clearly wasn't paying attention. And I I remember getting hit, and I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but you know, I've I've had some some leadoff roles in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Athletically, I was the one hundred team in my junior school. Yeah, and uh, we made it to state. We finished 18,
1: but we made it to state. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I like field. it, Charlie. Right. Yeah, we've talked about Go. your speed in the past here on the podcast. We <laughs> talked about that. Was that that uh, laser time four four eight? I think you told us about that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> those those high school coaches' hand times—they're they're quick on the trigger, and you know, I I, I, I semi believed it at one point, and then I was you know hearing all, everybody else was like, wait a minute, this can't be real. And uh, I, I think I, I messed up. It was on your radio show. I messed up and had some dyslexic moment. I think I said four, seven, five. It, I was told four or four. I told you four five seven. I was told four, seven, five uh, going into my junior year of high school. That's probably the best shape I was in of my life. And it's been all downhill from there.
1: Yeah, I used to tell people I had a 3 2, you know, in, <laughs> in high school GPA. And then uh, upon further investigation, I had a little bit of dyslexia there too. 2 3 was probably more along those lines. But hey, let's get into some Alabama men's basketball as we crank things up on this Tuesday edition of the Bama Online Podcast. All SEC accolades come out earlier in the day. And. You know, Charlie, it's one of those things, if you looked at the Alabama guys and sort of where they fell on these teams between first, second team, all SEC, defensive team, freshman team, you would have figured, yeah, this is an NCAA tournament team for sure, but maybe there's a name or two missing that would have taken this team, at least going into postseason play, uh, in terms of expectations, a little bit above and beyond what we currently have for Nate Oats's club.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You just look at the preseason teams, and, and Jaden Sh- Javon Quinnerly were both on the team. You look at the the team that was announced today, and, and Jaden Shacklefer is on the second team. You have uh, Keon Ellis on the defensive team, and then on the all-freshman team, Betiaco and Davison. And you know, Betiaco, Davis, Davison Keon, you, you can predict that going into the day. Uh, and and Jaden Shackleford being on the second team, that that's pretty easy to pin too. But you're right. right, if if Alabama had been, you know, had been able to duplicate or come close to what they did last season in terms of record and accomplishment, you'd think one of those guards between Shack and and Quinterly would be a, a first teamer, and maybe the other one land on the second team. So yeah, that's kind of the the missing ingredient, the consistency from both of those players. Uh, you know, when they're on, Alabama's tough to beat. And when they're off, you know, the the team struggles. And so, um, you know, having four players on this team is, you know, like you said, it's indicative of a, a team going to be dancing later this month. Uh, it's the third year in a row, actually, that Alabama's had four different players on the All-SEC team, or at least earn All-SEC honors, whether it's first, second, defensive, freshman, that. So, you know, they've, they've been consistent in you know, his tenure, but you know, you kind of want to see, you know, if you're, you're Oates and his coaching staff, you know, those numbers kind of incline or more guys on the first team as a indication of the progress of your program.
1: Yeah, I think you touched on it. A guard light on either the first or second team. And I agree. You would have figured strong possibility between Quinterly and Shackleford. One of those guys is a first teamer, uh, but at least another guard. Uh, On that second team, whether it was going to be Keon Ellis, perhaps. And look, I'll be the first to tell you, I had Keon Ellis. I was pushing him for preseason all SEC or preseason SEC player of the year. That certainly didn't play out that way. So, for how this team is built, you needed at least another guard on that first or second team, probably to feel like, yeah, this is a team that is looking at a top three seed, top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and maybe even another gluey guy, right? Keon makes the defensive team, but there never really emerged another guy. James Rojas did coming off the injury, but you know he had a shortened season due to the recovery from the knee injury. A little bit short in the areas of glue, too, I would say at this point.
0: Yeah, I would probably put. Category of a blue guy because he's been the one that's been the most consistent leader. You know, Nate Oates when talking about leadership and maybe the deficiency in that area has routinely praised uh, James Rojas for his effort and ability to speak up. But yeah, I think if you have another player, maybe like a no coming in. I know it's his first year in the SEC. There's some transition there, but I mean, just look at the, the All SEC team and you have some some transfers. You have well, I mean like. Well, So coming in for Auburn's defensive player of the year I'm not saying you have a guy coming to make that kind of impact but you know I I think they were maybe looking for Noah Gurley to do some things uh, earlier in the season I think he's played better of late and he's obviously going to be a big part of what they're doing next year but yeah we know the guards and really S has been it has really hinged on the play of those four players Quinn and Lee Shackelford and Davison, but you, know, you need another mm-hmm. guy to step up, whether it's a Gurley, maybe a Betty Aco, um, you know, a Jawan Gary, a Darius Miles, you, you need some of those other guys to be more consistent. And, you know, I, I felt like I've said the word consistent four million times talking about this basketball team this season, but that's just kind of been the, the issue is the lack of that.
1: Absolutely. And with that, Alabama basketball, men's basketball heads to Tampa is the sixth seed for the SEC tournament. And the Crimson Tide will await Wednesday's winner of Georgia-Vanderbilt in a first-round matchup, Alabama versus the winner of the Dogs and Commodores set for late night on Thursday. And even in preparing to make that trip, Charlie, there's been a little bit of drama involving uh, Jason Holt, uh, who didn't make the trip to Baton Rouge. And I know, I guess Nate's been asked about that in recent days. And it sounds like, for now anyway, that everything's okay with Jashawn Holt.
0: It it's definitely more positive uh maybe Oates was caught off guard a little bit by that i, I didn't see son on the bench he didn't play in the game and you know he's he's been pretty consistent one of the first guys off the bench here of late um and we've seen his minutes kind of get a little bit of uptick late in the season and you know alabama's played 10 players this easy to see when only nine of them uh, are on the floor and so uh, you know, asking about that, he basically just said that, you know, it's an internal issue and that they're going to figure out what his status on the team is moving forward over the weekend. And so on Monday, asking for a follow up, you know, Nate said the meeting with him on Sunday uh, went well. You know, it, it was actually his birthday weekend. So, you know, unfortunate timing for all this to happen, I guess. But, uh, you know, they Ode said that they had a good meeting, that uh, Jason's back in practice. Um, he said he practiced hard uh on Monday. you know they're gonna practice again today before heading to nashville and and the expectation is he's gonna make the i'm sorry to Tampa uh the expectation that he's gonna make the trip down to Tampa with the team and um you know it looks like he's back and and, and ready to go We'll see if or how much he plays uh in that second round game but yeah it's kind of a situation where it's it's unfolded a lot like the Darius miles uh, one game suspension earlier in the season where Miles didn't play and then was quickly back in the, the lineup and in and, and the rotation. So not the issue you want to be talking about going into SEC tournament play. I mean, neither are the, the things that have plagued this team all year long, but um, at least for now, it looks like the, the issue with uh, has been resolved.
1: Yeah, it's almost like Holt and um, Miles impacted each other throughout the season. You know, yeah. when, when one was getting more minutes, it was impacting the other. And uh, you end up with both sort of going through a little bit of a introspection period, I guess we could call it. Alabama on neutral floors this season, if you're wondering. Three and two with wins over Drake, Miami, and Gonzaga. Those were in succession in the month of December. And losses in December on neutral courts to Iona. That was down there in Orlando with Drake and Miami. And then Davidson, which, man, in retrospect, that seems to be the performance that kind of started this, I wouldn't say uh, mired in in subpar play, but certainly the, the inconsistency that we've seen since late December with this team. And, you know, you think at this point, Charlie, we can talk about, and I'm not going to, not going to get into possibilities of matchups and things like that. Get very specific about Vanderbilt or Georgia, because it just feels like right now it's as much about Alabama as it is anyone that it sees in that second round game up down in Tampa.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I I think Alabama would love to face Georgia given that, like you said, the after the Davidson game, just kind of the, the tailspin, the team went on and, that included losses to Missouri and Georgia, both on the road, and I uh, throw Mississippi State in there as well. But um, yeah, this is a situation. Uh, Keon Ellis said it best after the LSU game. You know, they're in win or go home mode, and you know Nate Oates, I believe after the the home finale, talked about how you know if the the end is going to come soon, if this is the effort that they're going to get. And so they're only guaranteed two more games—one in the SEC tournament and one in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll see what happens on Selection Sunday in terms of where Alabama is seated. But yeah, if if they don't clean things up, take care of the basketball, play defense, and just give the effort that Nados has wanted all season long, they could lose to, to say a Vanderbilt uh, in the first or the second round of the SEC tournament. They won't even get to face the the Kentucky. A uh, team that they face five of the last six uh, SEC tournaments. So yeah, it's a situation where I, I agree Alabama needs to focus on Alabama. Um, Want to you know plan your matchup accordingly and and be prepared. But you know, they need to focus on taking care of the basketball, uh, playing defense. You know making sure their shots fall. And if they do that, they should be able to to win a game at the very least. Um, you know, NATO's said they're capable of going on a run in this tournament. They did it last year, even though they're going to have to win one more game, not getting that double by, but it's going to come down to, can Alabama clean up some of this inefficiencies and play a little better and more consistently if they want to, you know, play more than two games here in the, the final stretch of the season.
1: I'm a big fan of the SCC inside program that the SEC network does. And, if you're an Alabama fan, check out the latest installment. It's SEC Inside Alabama Men's Basketball. So it really documents that time frame where you had South Carolina and Tuscaloosa. Goes inside practice. Man, pretty telling. I'll say this after watching it. Nate's been very honest with his guys in practice. The practice footage and audio, uh, he, he can't emphasize enough. The need to take care of things on the defensive end with an emphasis on we got one guy, we got one or two guys that'll take a charge. You know, there, there, there's some guys that have played a lot of minutes on this team that haven't taken a charge all season long, and he just reinforces it over. If you want some introspection and uh, insight into what's been going down and, and where he's at, uh, that show does a, a, a good job of that we got some college football coming up later in the week at Alabama as Spring Drills 2022 get underway. What about it, Charlie? Uh, the tradition of the single practice heading into spring break continues under Nick Saban. We'll hear from Saban post-practice on Friday evening. Charlie, right now, if you go to BamaOnline.com, an outstanding piece that really provides overview on position battles, position uh, previews moving forward of note. You need to check that out at Bama online. We there's seven in all that you did, Charlie, but let's narrow it down here on the podcast to one each on each side of the ball. And I guess, you know, you can say wide receiver running back, uh, you know, there's a situation beyond Bryce young at quarterback to consider, but yeah, you know, I'm an upfront guy, Charlie. And so after reading your piece, of particular interest, I had offensive tackle and center in mind, and you touched on both those.
0: Yeah, I mean, the offensive line um, is going to look a little different. And, and the thing is, they can mix and match for different combinations. Uh, obviously, it'll come down to the health of some of the returning players. We know that guys like Darian Dalcourt and Emil Echior dealt with injuries um, toward the tail end of the season. So you know, Nick Saban will hopefully provide an injury update on them. But – yeah, with both tackles moving on, um, you know that is a position where you could tell outside of Evan Neal, Alabama didn't have a lot of depth, experience, depth, or maybe even veteran talent, and so um, you know that kind of reared its head there in in twenty twenty one, and it's going to be up to guys like uh, Damian George who earned three starts at right tackle last season. Can he maybe take that next step forward and, and make some progress in the spring? Uh, Mari Kite's been in the program for a while. Maybe he gets an opportunity. But I'm looking at guys like J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, Latham in particular, uh, the former five stars who were in the program last season, to so maybe take that next step in the spring. Uh, that, that's kind of when a lot of guys do that between their first and second years. And then I think it's worth noting that you know players like Kendall Randolph and, and uh, Javien Cohen have experience at tackle. Um, you know, Randolph was the guy that seemed like was going to be the starter at right tackle entering last season. And ended up being that pseudo tight end kind of player with with uh, Chris Owens sliding out to right tackle. And, um, you know, if, if Cohen decides or is, is a guy that they look at to play tackle, they can look at another guard, which they have a little bit more depth there. Uh, so it, it can go in a variety of ways. You and I have talked about this a little bit. I, I think uh, an early guess for, for me, I think both of us at the, the tackle spots would be George and Latham. But, um, you yeah, know, I wouldn't be surprised to see really any kind of combination of these players, Randolph, um, you know, Mari Kite, I think a lot of these guys are going to get opportunities in the spring. And so, yeah, I mean, you're not really worried about the quarterback position, you know, maybe the backup spot, but, you know, protecting Bryce Young, uh, not getting him sacked as much as he was last season, I think is a premium and, and that starts at offensive tackle. Clearly you want to get some guys to you know, step up and be more consistent receiver, but, you know, if, if Bryce doesn't have time back there to throw, then it really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And in recent shows here on the Bama online podcast, we talked pretty in depth about wide receivers and running backs on the offensive side of the ball. So if you're interested in more of our conversations on that, uh, you can still find those episodes in the BOL podcast library, wherever you consume pods, you can find those. So We've done some in-depth talk on those positions. Center, Seth McLaughlin, did a nice job down the stretch of the 2021 season. Charlie, Darian Dahlcourt, those is a guy they've got a lot of starts invested in from 2021. I guess between tackle and center, I'll be most interested to see physically the strides that some of these guys have made. And when you talk about guys like Damian George— you're looking more along the lines of Evan Neal over the last few years, who has continued to sort of whittle and, and, and shape himself in a way where I guess he checked in at 337 at the Combine, which mm-hmm. is a pretty low number for him, given where he was four, three or four years ago. I, I think for Damian George, it's more along those lines. But then you look at Tommy Brockermeyer, you look at uh, guys like Seth McLaughlin at tackle and center respectively, are they at a point where they've Know, sort of solidified themselves both in weight and strength to be able to handle the demands that come with those two positions
0: yeah I, I agree with Damian George Alabama lists him at six six three thirty three which isn't isn't bad he's he's a mammoth human being he's he's easiest spot out there especially you when you say that last year with guys like Evan Neal uh, in that offensive line group. So we've been able to spot 74 pretty easily on the field. And yeah, I think just, you know, getting his, his body right, getting his weight under control and manageable um, will be big for him. I think that will continue throughout the offseason. Spring doesn't decide things. There's a full summer preseason. Uh, it's still to go, but it is an early indicator of, you know, where things are heading and, and guys season the opportunity presented for themselves. But yeah, I, I agree with, um, with George and for Brockermeyer, um he hasn't added a ton of weight, at least from what Alabama lists and you kinda have to take those with a grain of salt a little bit. You know, a lot of the times I get those straight from, you know, David Ballou and those guys in strength and conditioning. But uh, Tommy Brockermeyer is up to three oh four, at least that's what he's listed at, at the on the updated roster. I think that's just one pound uh, heavier from from last year. I know he dealt with the injuries, so you gotta have to Keep that in mind, but you know, for him, he needs to continue to kind of add weight, add muscle, add strength, and then for Latham, I mean, he came in at a at a good size. You look at him; I think Alabama lists him at uh, three twenty six, at six six. Um, you know, he's a little bit under uh, Damian George, but you know, he he looked like he was at a good playing weight last year when you saw him at, at right guard at times, um, you know, filling in for various reasons. So. I, I think those guys and, you know, throw Amari Kite in that mix as well, uh, six seven they're all in the in the ballpark, but I think all of them can continue to work on their bodies and, and get ready for the season, no doubt.
1: It's a big stretch coming up for some of those uh, tackles because as Hank South and Tim Watts have kept us informed there at BamaOnline.com, you got Vanderbilt transfer portal occupant mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Steen. Uh, is set to visit UA, uh, here later in March. So something to keep an eye on as well. The portal just, you know, never, it's like uh, waffle house. It just never, never closes.
0: Yeah. I will say too, uh, those tackles, they're not going to get it. Uh, they're not going to have it easy. And they're going to get kind of baptized by fire because Will Anderson and Dallas Turner are back, <laughs> and you know we've seen springs in the past uh, where oh. outside linebackers have made life difficult for those tackles. Oh, uh, the A day potential yeah, I, for he, that Tim I Williams mean, style. Yeah. And and look, Tim Williams is a hell of a pass rusher, but he's no, no Will Anderson. No. And so you know, I think with Will, it's tough to pull the reins back on him. No doubt. Um, but you know you want to give those young guys some opportunity, and you want to give the offensive tackles an opportunity to you know get some quality work in, and not just you know get beat on every rep. So it'll be interesting to see you know maybe how they go about managing Will Anderson and even Bryce Young uh, for that matter, because those guys are very important to the success of this uh, 2022 team. And I'm not saying that they're going to get you know days off or anything like that, but you know you you got to take it a little easy on those outside or those offensive tackles. <laughs> and then, you know, you want to get those other quarterbacks, you had to develop a backup. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, them, you know, get a, a period or two off in the spring. That wouldn't shock me at all.
1: Yeah. Nick's uh, Nick Saban's a big fan of good on good, but I think he even, he realizes to get at least some of the work done that they're going to need to get done. Uh, it, it may have to be more, ones versus twos, uh, in some instances. And even in that scenario, I don't think Chris Braswell and some of these rising, uh, young outside linebackers are going to give you much of a break. So that's the beauty of the depth that they've amassed at Alabama, uh, on an annual basis. Uh, you know, even if you get the twos, you're, you're still going to be pushed, uh, pretty much throughout a, a scrimmage type situation. So what about the defensive side? Speaking of outside linebacker, but, um, yeah, you know, I was thinking we had already talked about inside linebackers specifically here on the podcast in a recent episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, corner, right? I mean, yeah. that that's very fascinating to consider because right up the middle of this defense, you got so much good news in relation to returnees. It's it's those corner spots that were a little bit exposed, I guess you could say, in the the national championship game loss to to Georgia.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you look at the defensive line, inside linebacker, and safety, there's potential for all of those spots, the three defensive line spots, both inside backer spots, and both safety spots to be filled by seniors. So, Alabama should be pretty good up the middle of that defense. And then, you know, we just talked about the outside linebackers, so they'll be talented off the edge. The question mark is a corner. And, you know, they have. A lot of quality options, I think. Uh, we saw Kool-Aid McKinstry playing every game last season. He started six times. And yeah, I, wouldn't be, or I would be shocked if he's not one of the first corners uh, up on Friday during drills. Uh, but then you know, it gets a little interesting because Kyrie Jackson uh, earned some first team minutes in the college football playoff, uh, started the national championship game. Uh, is a guy that uh, is continuing to to add to his frame as well. He's a, a long thin corner, and I think you know just improving his strength is going to be important. But um, Eli Ricks is is now in the building, and you know, he's a guy that that started at uh, LSU. He's a freshman All American. A guy like that doesn't leave LSU to come to Alabama to be a backup. So uh, you know, for me, I think the the cornerback spot starts with McKinstry and Ricks. Uh, but I also think it's worth mentioning Jackson for sure, but also a young guy like Terry and Arnold, who I think the coaching staff is high on uh he didn't play last season, but um he was a talented player out of Florida so you know those four guys are, are who I'm looking at um but then you you know you have uh, uh some other guys like Jacquez Robinson, you're bringing in uh Traequan Fagans, the true freshman uh so your know, corner has you know three four quality players in the mix. Um, just, you know, maybe if there's a surprise, there's, is what I'm going to be looking for. And then, you know, sticking with the secondary, I think star is worth mentioning too, just because you know, Alabama has two starters there with Malachi Moore and, and Brian branch. Um, but he, we saw them kind of split that responsibility last season with, with branch ending the year as the starter. So branch also has some, some background a little bit at corner too. So I think he, his name's at least, at least worth mentioning in the ring there, but, um, you know, the, the boundary and the slot of the defensive backfield uh, is really where my interest is on the defensive side of the ball, that and that one-spotted inside linebacker.
1: Yeah, if you're a corner for Alabama going into the spring and even looking ahead to August, I think your vantage point has to be that there's those two spots. And, you know, Star is going to be a tough nut to crack because Malachi Moore and Brian Branch have played so much football the last two seasons at that spot you know i still can envision this being more of a three safety look in the nickel and hell four safeties in the dime so uh maybe one of these guys ricks or someone shows that they're too good to keep off the field uh, if it comes down to it with those sub packages but should be great competition as you said I, i think the youth on this team has a chance to shine as well terry and arnold has some attributes about him that you like as a versatile defensive back in general. So, yeah, good stuff at corner where that competition is concerned. I'll tell you what, man, you talk about a lot going on. It's going to be another busy weekend, Charlie, for Alabama athletics in general. In addition to the uh, the SEC men's basketball tournament down in Tampa, you got Alabama softball opening SEC play at LSU with a 20-0 record. Uh, through non-conference so about as good as well as good as you can do if you're Patrick Murphy and you know baseball has single games this week with Middle Tennessee and North Alabama before hosting Binghamton uh, for three games this weekend and then Brad Bohannon's team opens SEC play with a visit from the Florida Gators the following weekend and the midweek road game next week at USM doesn't figure to be a gimme either so we got a lot going on Charlie
0: yeah it's a, it's a busy time of year coming off the the nfl combine you're still talking about some draft stuff too uh i will say that tonight's baseball game um against middle tennessee was actually canceled because of uh the rain in the area so one less game for the baseball team but you know they'll they'll take one midweek game i think and get ready for their their penultimate non-conference weekend and yeah, it's it, it's tough to keep up with, but you know this time of year is a lot of fun because there's no
1: shortage of things to talk about, no doubt. Softball lost, I guess, a Monday game too to the yeah, uh, to the weather. So yeah, it's been some some turbulent uh, atmospheric conditions in West Central Alabama the last couple of days. Charlie, as always, man, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for stepping in and being our our leadoff guy. On this dynamic duo edition of the Bama Online Podcast, Charlie Potter up first, coming up next, it'll be Hank Sal. Thanks again, Charlie.
0: Yeah, no problem. Hopefully, uh, Hank doesn't have too much to clean up.
1: All right. I don't think he does. But (laughs) anyway, we're headed to Hank right after this. All right. So let's get into some college football recruiting talk and at BamaOnline.com. That often means... Hank South does an outstanding job covering Crimson Tide recruiting for us there at BOL. With that, we welcome Hank onto the show. Hank, how are you doing?
2: What's going on, Travis? I'm going to note real quick, today is my uh, seventh year anniversary of Sama Online. Can you
1: believe it? I envision confetti falling (laughs) from the ceiling at uh, at the South Compound. Congratulations, man. Man, it's been. You know?
2: I, I went back and looked at my first. I can't even. I forgot what the story even was, but uh, I think my first story was on a walk on. Forgot what his <laughs> name was already. But, Breaking!
1: Uh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A preferred walk on. But seriously, Hank, you've just been outstanding for us. I and that. I know. And I do accept Venmo, by the way. But you've just been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Can't thank you enough for your great service to us. I know our subscribers feel very much the same way. You have been an absolute revelation for BOL on the recruiting and website in general front. There's a lot of things Hank does um, that don't certainly fall under the umbrella of a recruiting analyst, but uh, he's a glue guy. How about that, Hank? You're a glue guy. I think you can, I think you can do a little bit of everything. <laughs> well, I've had
2: great guidance from you and from Tim and Charlie. Even Charlie was there a year before me, so Charlie's been even longer. So yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride.
1: Nobody asked me about this stuff, but you'll hear me refer to Charlie Potter as senior team reporter. Um, I, I'm at the same point with uh, Hank South, senior recruiting analyst. There you go. I don't know <laughs> what that gets you. That uh, probably hey. doesn't get you a cup of coffee, but after seven years, man. Uh, probably certainly, probably certainly. more kids asking you about the ranking <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know, I got a DM about one of those the other day. I gotta, <laughs> after the show, I got to talk to you about that. No, hey, um, so let's get into to what's going on as we, we celebrate uh, seven years with Hank South. Uh, second junior day of the 2023 20, cycle, I guess it is now, uh, recently in our wake, although – And I am assuming, reading your coverage, keeping up with our coverage at BamaOnline.com, just a plethora of elite prospects for the upcoming cycle in attendance over the weekend, but uh, maybe a few 2024s of note as well.
2: Yeah, it it was a pretty big weekend. Um, you know, heading into heading into Saturday, there were, there were, I think six or seven five stars expected. A couple didn't make it. Uh, Malik Bryant wasn't able, uh, to make it in. I think actually he was the only five star that was expected that, that didn't make it in. But, um, beyond him, um, I I think the two most notable visitors in that five star tier were Kamani McLean, the number one cornerback in the country. He came in from, um, from Lakeland, Florida, Lake Gibson high school. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, Bama's right there in the mix for, um, he actually recently got a crystal ball prediction to Alabama from our FSU writer, um, Josh Newberg. So he's been one to watch. I know, um, his mom was tweeting all about the visit, having a good time. Um, Cormadi McClain himself doesn't talk too much. So, uh, still working on some reaction from him, but it looked like overall the trip went really well. Then Jalen Hale, uh, another one, a five-star wide receiver from, um, Longview, Texas. We actually caught up with him a little bit. Um, this was his first visit to Tuscaloosa that I'm aware of. He had a good time, spoke with Nick Saban, said Bama is firmly among his top five. Um, he's been connecting with Holman Wiggins, um, over the phone, over DM, all that. So he's a, a big time wide receiver to watch in this class as well. But, you know, beyond those guys, you had your, your usual five stars, the in-state guys like Peter Woods, defensive lineman and uh, Tony Mitchell, the cornerback, both from Thompson high school. You had your two commitments in, um, in, in Jaleel Hurley, the five-star cornerback from Florence, Elliot Washington came in from, uh, from Florida after he committed um, earlier this year. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, some underclassmen, some big names, um, Ennis Robinson. He was going to, I think he's, he's up for the number one cornerback in the 2024 class. He was in town. Uh, along with a couple other guys, uh, Jacob Smith, Gerard Smith, some defensive linemen from Connecticut. Uh, So overall it was a good showing. I think it was a little appetizer for what, uh, for what this spring will be overall with uh, visits returning to kind of that normal, recruiting calendar we've seen where, where kids can come out for spring practice. They can come out, uh, uh, you know, for official visits in April, uh, that'll be back this year. We haven't seen that since 2019, uh, with, uh, with the pandemic shutting everything down. So, uh, it'll, it'll be a big, uh, spring of visits with, uh, you know, I think you can kind of pencil in pretty much every top target at this point in time to probably make it by campus at least, at least once in the coming months.
1: So sort of a foundational yep. mile marker, right? On yep. the on the road to the, the 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 signing of the 2023 class. You had the junior days. Um, you said it about spring practice coming up and prospects being able to take that in. 8A, obviously, in mid-April. Uh, you anticipate being a big part of that as well. And uh, the official visits coming back into play, coaches on the road uh, in the spring, uh, taking part in the evaluation process. And then, of course, uh, summer camps now and the summer evaluation period and potential for, I guess, even official visitors into to those months as well.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a loaded loaded a few months and you know, you still got, you know, we got the transfer portal thrown into there. We're going to see, uh, you know, uh, the, the Vanderbilt offensive line, Tyler graduate St. transfer Tyler Steen, yeah. he's going to make an official visit later this month. And then, you know, we'll see kids, some kids will opt to use their official visits in the spring and April. Some kids like to use them in the summer. Some kids like to wait until the season or even after the season. So, um, uh, we'll see all that take place um, in the coming months, but yeah, it's going to be a, a jam pack. There's never really a break. I, th- I think the next break you could really look at is that July dead period after uh, summer camp season between that and fall camp. When, when, um, uh, recruiting kind of take, takes a little bit of a break. And I even, I say that, and you know, recruiting's still happening, um, every day of the year, regardless of dead period or not, and, you know, coaches are always in contact with these kids. So yeah, it, it'll be a pretty active, uh, active next few months.
1: Yeah, with the changes to the Alabama coaching staff here in the last month or so, I guess that was an interesting aspect of last weekend. Some uh, new faces on this Alabama staff having an opportunity to perhaps make their first real impact where on-campus recruiting is concerned.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and the, you know, with, with the guys, Bama hired this cycle, a lot of them, you know, there's some crossover, you know, we've seen guys like Traverse Robinson, the cornerback, new cornerbacks coach from Miami. He knows a lot of these kids. Um, you know, he, he knew Jaleel Hurley, the Alabama commit prior to, even coming over to Alabama when he was at Miami. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the guy I've heard about the most um, is Eric Wolford so far, the, the uh, new offensive line coach. He seems to have really connected with a lot of these kids that they've already targeted by offering or kids that they're, you know, they're, they're looking at um, to potentially offer this spring or, or in the summer during camp. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's, he knows a lot of the offensive line targets. I know one kid, he wasn't on a visit this past weekend, but Peyton Kirkland, who's a big offensive line target out of Florida. I asked him what his reaction was to, to Eric Wolfer coming on the staff. And, you know, he said he was the first coach to ever talk to him. So, you know, he knows a lot of these kids, uh, you know, Joe Cox, I've heard, I've heard good things about Coleman Hutzler. I talked to, um, uh, Pierre, who's an edge rusher out of, uh, uh, in the state of Alabama, he was on campus for junior day this past weekend, and and he had known Coleman Hustler from when he was at Ole Miss. So, you know, I uh, mean, you know, he's that outside linebackers coach now, special teams coordinator. Um, so he's already kind of gelling with these kids um, already. And then, of course, you have the the guys already um, on the staff, Freddie Roach, Charles Kelly, you know, Robert Gillespie, Pete Golding, all these guys that, that can really recruit well. Um, and they, they, you know, they kind of reinforce that, uh, with the hires they've made. So, so far, you know, great reviews from from these guys. Um, and and, you know, I think those relationships will just continue to develop over the course of the spring and summer
1: can be a small world where recruiting is concerned, right. And relationships Mm -hmm. obviously matter kind of like, you never know who you might end up working for one day. You never know who might end up recruiting you for, maybe another program uh, in the not-too-distant future with the way things move uh, so quickly in college football these days. We mentioned spring practice uh, on the horizon, the immediate horizon. Alabama set to return to the practice field on Friday in Tuscaloosa. To this point, any spring practice visitors you think we should know about that have maybe already made some plans to, to take in a practice or two?
2: Yeah, there's going to be a few and, you know, we're going to see kids kind of just pop up over the next because, you know, you think of spring break, all these kids are going to have the week off. They're going to be making trips kind of, you know, Southeastern Conference tours where they can. And, you know, we'll see kids randomly pop up on a Wednesday afternoon in Alabama, but, you know, (coughs) excuse me, guys that have set visits, uh, there's going to be a handful of them. You know, one guy of note this, this week, I think on March 11th, uh, Aaron Williams, he's a four-star cornerback from California. He's supposed to be in town. Um, We just mentioned Tyler for an official visit on march 25th through 27th um nico i am the five-star quarterback he mentioned he's going to be on campus later this month at some point i would imagine you know that's going to be that's going to be one of note we're going to circle um a recent defensive line target xavier mccloud he was supposed to be on campus for junior day but we caught up with him at the atlanta under armor camp and he said uh, when he talked to nick saban uh Coach Saban told him he wanted to come in with his whole family. So instead of going for junior day on uh, March 5th, he's going to come on March 26th. Um, another big visit coming up on April 1st is Caleb Downs, the five-star safety from um, from Georgia, number one safety in the country. He's going to be on campus for a couple days on an unofficial visit. Uh, he's going to take an official visit later in the cycle. Uh, Jaden Wayne, the five-star defensive lineman from California. I could keep listing guys. I'm I'm just going. I keep all track of them in my notes app i'm just looking at all the guys that i have listed so it's going to be a big uh big few weeks for sure
1: you know we can't let you out of here without commitment watch commitment watch and with that and given the events of last weekend and how loaded the state of alabama is for the class of 2023 is that sort of where your focus is right now in terms of potential commitments next guys up from that perspective
2: yeah, that's what I, I look at first, you know, um, you know, Raquese McKeldery, uh, the Georgia commit, you know, he, he's committed to Georgia. He's saying all the right things about Georgia, but you know, I, I think he's going to ultimately end up in Alabama's class. Um, we, we saw Matt Luke step down as the offensive line coach in Athens. Uh, and, you know, even after that, you know, he's still saying he's locked in with Georgia and, you know, maybe, maybe he is for now, but uh, you know, he, he keeps visiting Alabama. If, if he keeps doing that, you know, if Bama keeps pushing, he's really close with Eric Wolford. We just talked about, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, could be on potential next step watch. And then, you know, Peter Woods, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be in Alabama's class sooner rather than later. The five-star defensive lineman from Thompson, you know, he, he, he was on campus in January. He was back on campus this past weekend. He's close with a lot of guys on the team. Um, he hasn't named Bama his leader or anything, but I, I think he's going to eventually take on that. That uh, you know, lead recruiter role as uh, as a guy in the class with Jalil Hurley and um, and Elliot Washington. So those are maybe two guys I'd circle right now. Of course, you know, you look at that quarterback position. Quarterbacks typically commit earlier in the cycle. You know, I just talked about Nico. I'm uh, I'm a visiting later this month. He's looking to commit sometime in April or May. Uh, you know, Arch Manning is going to be on campus at some point. <laughs> um, he hasn't had a visit, but he's a guy. You know, I, I think any quarterback recruit you could. You could kind of circle and be as, uh, circle as a guy's, you know, commitment watch with kind of their timelines in the recruiting process. So, and then again, you know, it's spring. These, the, the next few months are kind of when you just see guys randomly pop. You know, you, you try to cover it as much as you can, but some kids come on visits, they, they feel good about that trip, um, and they decide just to, to commit. But, you know, again, a lot of the, you know, we're in this area where kids like to set ceremonies or, you know, do something special, get their graphics made. So, um, usually we know when things are coming, but again, sometimes kids can just pop too. So, uh, always on the lookout.
1: Didn't I see a update from you on the round table, the premium message board for us there at Bama online that three top prospects from the Orlando area are set to announce on the same day.
2: In yeah. 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 And so that'll be July 23rd. Um, I'm not sure what the significance of that date is. I should probably check on that, but, uh, yeah, Malik Bryant, um, the five-star edge rusher from Orlando, Peyton Kirkland, who I just mentioned the offensive lineman from, um, I think he's at Dr. Phillips high school. And then, uh, Derek LeBlanc, who's a um, defensive lineman that's been on the recruiting scene for a while now. But yeah, they all tweeted out that they're, uh, they're announcing on July 23rd. So that'll be a, uh, I was talking about the July dead period not really actually ever being that dead. So that's an example of that. You know, kids, kids usually make decisions in July after their official business in the summer. So there's always something happening.
1: Oh, three top prospects putting on for O Town coming up in July. We'll definitely have our attention there when that time gets here. Well, Hank South turned seven. Hey, Hank, <laughs> you're headed into your Julio Jones year you right. know that, the Ocho <laughs> with BOL. So only great things on the horizon. I think we, we all get that. Thanks again, Hank, always for great sure. stuff here. And again, thanks so much for the seven years to this point. Here's to 37 more, oh, something gosh. like that. Anyway. <laughs> thanks Travis. For, for Hank, Sal, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the BAML online podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama online podcast, wherever you subscribe to pods, you're going to find us, If you'd leave us a rating and a review, we would appreciate that greatly as well. And, of course, you want to hang out with us right there at BamaOnline.com. you got spring practice cranking up on Friday at Alabama. SEC men's basketball tournament set to get underway for UA on Thursday night. So much to cover, so much to talk about recruiting. You know we've got that handled for you with Hank and Tim Watts, Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair. Great, great staff. Come hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Until next time, so long, everybody.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better